Hey, I'm Spencer Powell and welcome to Remodeler Stories, where we highlight remodelers. Every remodeler has a unique story and journey and we can all learn from each other. Stay tuned for a mix of inspiration, tactical tips, unique strategies, and some laughter. The remodeling business is tough, but rewarding, and we're all in this together. Let's kick this thing off. Before we get into today's show, let's talk about our show sponsor, Remodeler Growth Community. Remodeler Growth Community is a peer-to-peer networking group exclusively for remodelers. For a low monthly fee, you get access to some of the best minds in the industry, life-changing business strategies, and the ability to connect and learn from people who've walked the path you walk. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back, so there's absolutely no risk to you. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. Hey, Dave. Welcome to the show. Hey, Spencer. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited for today and diving into your business, I guess. Give us a quick rundown. You know, where are you at today? And then we'll kind of rewind the clock a little bit. Yeah, so uh, the business name is New England Design and Construction. I We, we kind of were more known as just NEDC. And I'm actually scheming to change the name to New Era Design and Construction. Don't tell... I might get in trouble for saying that, but I started the company in 2005 and uh, I started it just by happenstance. Like I didn't have a job basically. And my buddy was like, Hey, let's start this company. And I was like, okay, a couple of years into it, he, he got into something else. And then, so I've built it gradually, you know, since then I have a, a background in design. So part of why I started the company was actually, I, I knew I had a deficiency, a void in how to build. And mm. so I worked as an architect. I then was like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is ridiculous. Like I'm, my job is to tell folks what to build and how to build it, but I've never built anything. So I actually just worked as a carpenter, started working as a carpenter, wasn't a great carpenter, got, got let go. And uh, that's when I started this company. And so initially I would get a job small, whatever I could get. And I would, you know, if there was a design, <laughs> I would design it and then I would do it. <laughs> and I basically just kept, you know, growing, you know, replacing myself, really like shedding hats. And I, I didn't do this initially, but at a certain point I was like, you know what, I gotta get people who actually know what they're doing. <laughs> Cause my, my whole thing was like, I would just figure it out. I would just like my, my mentality, I would just like make it go right. Like, even if I didn't know, I would just make it go right. And I kind of expected Everybody I hired, if, even if they weren't trained to just figure it out. And that wasn't that wasn't good. So at a certain point, I was like, okay. And I hired, you know, qualified people that were better at the individual jobs than myself. I did eventually shed even the design hat, which was kind of the the, you know, the overseer of the design department. I held on to that probably the, the on terms of day-to-day operations the longest. And now I really just do sales and manage the company. And I'm now looking to shed that hat, you know, looking to shed the the sales hat. This year we'll do about 9 million in sales, about 7 million, I think actually 6.5 in in revenue. And that'll be a highest ever for us. And we're in Boston. So we, you know, we service, you know, a higher end clientele and we only do design build projects. So our differentiator is really we're architects who build. That's kind of our brand. And how we're different. And was it always that way where you kind of positioned yourself as that design build? Because I know that's no. come on in the I last mean, three, four years. You no, know, it wasn't so much. I didn't really figure that out until probably like five years ago. 
we were just kind of design build. And initially we did, you know, the size projects we've done has grown over the years. So, you know, architects didn't even really do the projects I was doing, design the projects I was doing initially. It was like bathrooms and, you know, smaller kitchens and what have you. So, but that is really how we are different because I come from the design with a design background. I've always had an emphasis on that. And so it's, it's just kind of who we are. And yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you feel like the design, like, so there's the design build process and I think people latch onto that and they go, okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. And it can differentiate from somebody else that doesn't kind of package it that way and present it that way. Do you think that's the differentiator or is it actually like the quality of your design and like some of the past work that like gets people that where they're like, yep, we're going with you guys. Yeah. I mean, the, the right now we're going after the client we're going after. We want the client who's like, I need an architect. I, I really care about design. And so it is, it is a higher end kind of project or client. And, and I think that demographic is, has been trained falsely, <laughs> but I'm trying to make, keep, make it to my benefit of like, Hey, I need an architect. So Really, where we're trying to go is like they're looking for an architect and they find us and they're like, oh, it's the same thing. And they're like, oh, no, they, they're different. And they're like, oh, that makes a hell of a lot of sense. And it, and it does. And so it's like that's who I want to be competing with. I don't know if I answered your question, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and, I think I, so because people go in and they think, oh, architect. And so what you're really what differentiates you is saying that we need to do this together with the end in mind. Right, all the way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a lot, you know, a lot of those, my, my colleagues and peers with similar companies kind of came from the build side. And so, you know, that that's, it's more contractors who are designing, but the design does come first. And so I think it's, it's really a strong way to lead. And it's like, Hey, we are, it's just so inefficient to go through that design process and then find out cost. It, yes. It's yes. just like you're bound to relook at and rethink things once you have that information. So, you know, even now you see like my competition has kind of caught on <laughs> and there you have these like design build hybrids where, you know, the architect wants the, fr the freaking, you know, high-end build company hired for pre-construction services because they need that help and it is more efficient and it does make more sense. So our kind of pitch is like, hey, isn't it simpler just to have it all in one? And, and yeah, we do, yeah. but we do need to bring it, right? Like we, mm -hmm. that client is looking for, you know, great ideas. They are, they need to be serviced. That is important to, to bring all aspects of the project at a, at a very high level. But if, if you're able to do that, which I think we are, and we are successful at it, you know, it just makes a lot of sense to clients, like, because it is simpler for them. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I want to pivot a little bit and just kind of zoom, zoom back out and like thinking about the journey. You said you started in 05, so it's been 15, 16 years, something like that. What do you think has been the toughest part just of your business journey? Jeez, I don't even know. It's kind of like I'm in it. <laughs> it's like a, too much of an introspective uh, question for me. <laughs> if I were to like go back, I probably could have been like, hey, dude, just think a little bigger. You know, like kind of figured it out. I feel like I figured it out. And e even now, you know, I, I just, there's like kind of endless possibilities for me, but 
you know, starting off, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. And so I did, I have built it, you know, quite gradiently. I don't know how I could have cheated that per se, but, you know, I think I see companies like, you know, I see companies that kind of like in, in, a, in a few years, they're like up and running. And I, I never really had, I think I figured too much shit out by myself, honestly. Mm, yeah. Like I look at, you know, mentorship and I didn't, I never really like, I did look, I did, you know, initially like Nari was, um, you know, some of these companies in Nari, I was just like idolized. And then Remodeler's Advantage was like, wow. And so that was great. And that did, you know, act as a mentorship by default, I guess. But I had never like worked for another remodeler per se. So, and I think even, even those I aspired to at the level I started to be, I could have, you know, I could have even shot higher earlier. Yeah. I think that's good advice. I mean, I feel like we're all probably capable of, of more, but, and you don't know it at the time. And then when you get to a certain level and you look back, you're like, Oh, well, if I would have known I was going to get here, (laughs) I would have maybe pushed it a little more or or whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious too. I feel like a lot of this industry gets in through the craft, right? Whether it's design or through just the construction started that way. What do you think has surprised you the most about actually being the business owner in addition to wearing the hats of the different roles over the years? But I think that like that mindset shift is different going from, oh, I I love design or I love this business where we do that. Well, I think... I think um, I benefited from the fact that I wasn't like a craftsman and I couldn't just go in and like solve it all. <laughs> like I just couldn't, like I was trying to like fill that void up until the point where, and I would like to go back and actually like enhance my hands-on skills. Like when I have plans for when my son gets a little older, I'm going to do in, in Boston, we have the Bennett school, which has been around since, 1800s and I want to like I want to do some programs with him but that was already a strong suit of mine so I could I I kind of fell back on that as opposed to fell fell back on the craft which I think helped did help us progress and so it hasn't so much surprised me like oh this is like I kind of that was a, something I, I I had an advantage of I also got sales like I knew sales were important and so I did do a pretty good job of training myself in that area. And that that was definitely super, super helpful. Continues to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, that's good. Because honestly, I feel like sales is one of the last things that people think about. Marketing and sales, I feel like are common. Because you like, oh, I got a couple of projects. Now I need to figure out operations and systems. And you, you kind of get bogged down in that. And it's like, well, if I never sell or market and get any more projects, there's not that much to optimize. So yeah, that's, that's good. I look back at it too. And it's kind of a bit of a mind uh, play because a big thing in sales is like confidence and believing in yourself. And then that is imbued and that is really picked up. But when you're starting off, you're kind of like, I like, I knew I didn't know shit. (laughs) I was figuring it out as I go, but then, you know, you're trying to you know, present that. So, but, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, sales is really helping people. And so that we really take a consultative approach to it and, you know, work with folks that we're really set up to, to service well. And then once we find those folks, man, it's like, Hey, I am here to service you. And, and our pitch is strong. You know, I feel like, and I really do believe that's also a differentiator for us. Like I know 
I am going to provide and service this client better than, you know, you know, I don't, I don't know. I want to say anyone, but I know I'm going to service the hell out of them. And at the end of the project, they're going to have the right project and they're going to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that does carry a lot of weight when you're talking to somebody, even if you're not saying those things, they can just feel it. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's huge. I always go back to this design build thing because I'm like completely obsessed with it, but check out the high-end architects, check out, Google them and check out how many reviews they have. It's like, they don't have a lot of shitty, they don't have like shitty reviews, but they don't have reviews. And for me, and even the high-end builders, and for me, that's an indicator that the the client got through it and they weren't like, oh, this guy sucked. But it was kind of like, whew, you know, like- Survived, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we survived. Like, because the process, it's the process. It's not so much the firms themselves, you know, it's the process is super inefficient and messed up. And it was all, it was never meant to be that this way. And and I I wrote a book, it's going to be released in 2022. And I really think it's going to blow people up. I, the derivation of the word architect is master builder. So it's not like we, I talk about, oh, I came from the design side. And then most guys came from the bill side. The thing, it's like a mindset that it's separated, whereas is like naturally they are integrated. Design is just a means to an end. You can't have buildings without, you know, even even some idea of it, you know, in its basic form, buildings are just shelter. When even the first hut, somebody had to have a concept of like, okay, I'm going to do this. That was the plan. And then they did it. And then, you know, today buildings are much more complicated, but in its essence, that's what it is. And so I don't know where I was going on this ramp, but I know once I get you going on design bill, we could, we could go forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey guys, I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy, it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, Really, since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, we've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems. And I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website, remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. But I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. I'm actually going to shift gears on you because uh, this, this is more of a fun one and, and share whatever you can. Obviously, don't name names, but what's like the craziest or weirdest like client story or scenario you know that you can think of? I've had clients uh, leave messages inebriated. I should have <laughs> kept them, but I <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I could tell a real embarrassing story on my part, but I, I actually don't know if I want that. That's fair. Yeah. I've told my team about it, but like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have like, I've gotten kicked out of homes before early in my day for disagreeing with perfect person's profession and stating, stating that. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Yeah. 
Sounds like yeah. there isn't like a, a big one that's jumping out to you though. So we'll we'll chalk it up to a few drunk calls and uh, getting booted out of a couple homes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that that's cool. All right. So if if you had to like tell somebody that was, you know, just starting out, they're maybe like first one, two, three years in business, you know, like what what's a couple of things you would tell them to kind of encourage them? Cause it it it, you know, it's not all easy, you know. I would say most yeah. most of it's not, you know, and or if it gets easy, it takes a long time until it actually feels easy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wherever you do come from, really have confidence that and you it starts with, you know, selling yourself. Because if you're gonna go off and, and sell other people, you better be sold in yourself and you know, what you're delivering and offering. I don't even think it means like I'm not saying like, hey, figure that out and do all it's your operations like so it's perfect you know but whatever you already your skill set is in you know sell that and that would be my advice for somebody just starting out yeah yeah i think that's good advice you know cuz what you're good at something even if it's not all the parts and and if you focus on that you'll kind of exude some of that confidence like you were mentioning earlier. And yeah. I mean, I also think like I've heard you say this in regards to content creation, like what, Hey, what do you, what the hell you got to teach people? Yeah. 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 Talk about that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I made that and you repeated it. Yeah. So, so what does like the future of the business look like? You know, you've, you've had, you know, a really, I would say a strong journey, you know, for 16 years, I got it up to a good volume. Is it just like, Keep it going, or do you see? Anything? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I want to, you know, continue to grow. You know, continue to service more, more people, and uh, I feel like we make a difference in their lives. It's really, you know, the purpose of what we do. You know, enhance folks' day to day lives with the spaces we create for them. So I want to do that in a in greater flux, and and I really do want to represent this integration of design and construction. I think that it's important for society to know that is the natural approach to building. And I do want to represent that really, really well. It's a thing that can be deceptive because the end product, it's hard. We all have pretty pictures. You know what I'm saying? Like the architect has pretty pictures. The high-end builders has pretty pictures. We have, And when you're a client, you're going into it as a consumer. It's like, oh, they all look the same, but they're, it's it's the experience that is different. And you don't see that. It's not so tangibly, you know, seen. And so, you know, that that point on the reviews is like kind of makes that, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the, the experience is why I read some book. I forget what it was at this point, but it was on like if, the guy, if you send the surveys and, and guild quality um, takes this into account as well. You know, you send the amount of surveys that you send, maybe you don't get negative reviews, but you're not getting like people to fill it out. That's an indicator. The client should be pumped at the end of the project and want to be like and want to rave about it. So yeah. that was the name of the book. Actually, it was like Ra- Raven Oh, oh, Raving Fans. Rave, yeah, there you go. Yeah, nice. What are a couple of things that you guys do that you feel like deliver that like amazing experience to the client? I mean, we do have a very set process. And so I did spend a lot of time documenting that and, uh, to the point where some, some people were like, like over, it was overboard. Uh, like, but I did 15,000 like, steps that we're going to take. <laughs> I mean, I, there's, what's that book? Um, he's written it like for architects, for builders. I forget what the hell the name of it is. I now. probably got it on my other bookshelf. Doctor something or it'll come to me, but. You know, basically, I did look at my successful actions and what worked, and I did put that down. 
I think we could do a lot more in that area. And that's an actual area when I do that I would like to invest more time in because I think that help really helps you know us into perpetuity and the duplication of you know what has been successful and and any success we've had. So yeah. Yeah, it's as you were talking, it reminds me I started following this guy and he has a a question to ask yourself. It's about client experience. And it's like if you could only land if you only had one client and the only way you could get new business was through that client, what would your experience look like? Or how would you yeah. and like yeah, maybe you can't go all the way to that, but it's a good thought experiment. And I think it's like tying in with a lot of what you're talking about, which is like, hey, if you deliver great experience, it'll bring stuff back, you know, to you in the yeah. future. And I think we all inherently know that with like this industry, which is been primarily built on word of mouth and referral, but I think it will exponentially accelerate that if you really yeah. think about it. Yeah. It's like Dr. G or something. And the book, you'll, you'll know this, but, and he talks about a baker. The, the example he gives in the beginning of the book, he's talking about a baker. Is it, is it Michael Gerber? The Yes. Uh, yes. Thank you. Yeah. For whatever reason. Oh, E-Myth. E-Myth. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Hey, we made it. We made it, you know. <laughs> But I do believe, you know, this industry we're in, I think it's eight years in a row has been second worst for eight years in a row, but only behind the car industry and the used car salesman in customer dissatisfaction. Ouch. So the, it's not that difficult to be different in that, in that realm. And for me, I look at like, why is that? And, and I do go back, everything goes back to this design building, but it's the truth. It's like, I do believe it's just set up the way it's set up. And this is for the home, the home improvement industry, which architects do like, I don't know, probably less than 5% of all construction projects because they really service the affluent only. But, you know, you look at today's trades and why that is. And I think a big part of that is because the tradesman has dropped the hat of being responsible for the design. And then the homeowner becomes the designer and they're not qualified. And there's, so there's all these misunderstandings and like all this, the, 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 all the dissatisfaction you come from uh, the home improvement industry, I see as that's the main source of it. Yeah. Because, because it used to be that you came up in the trades and you were responsible for fully responsible for the end product and, you know, the design. And so it would force you to, you know, not have misunderstandings or assumptions or what have you, but now the trades are like order takers, you know? And so that mindset, and it's actually a notch down in the client's viewpoint, you know what I mean? And so that's why you have this, you know, this labor shortage right now, because when I was growing up, it was like, and the building trades like, hell no, I don't want to do that. No, that's really good point. And I mean, it just shows you like how much opportunity is out there, right? To start solving that, you know? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's, yeah, that's cool. I was like, oh man, yeah. Like every trade should be looking, listen to this going, I just need to add design onto my front end and integrate it with my whole process. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And then like all our trade partners, you know, in the design process, we're looping them in and it is a change in a mindset. It's like, we need to be like, Hey, okay, this, you're going to, you're going to help us design this project. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. 
Well, hey, Dave, this has been awesome. A lot of our listeners are, you know, remodeling business owners, you know, some design build, some not probably. If you just kind of had to like leave people with a couple words of wisdom or piece of advice or encouragement, what, what would you leave them with? I would leave them with embrace accountability, which is our core value. Embrace accountability and do what's right. And I think that, you know, it's a good operating basis to apply and really, you know, comes back to self and it makes you cause and in control and able to do something because, you know, the, the opposite is being effect and you can't really do nothing about that. So. <laughs> no, I like that. That's awesome. We might have to change our core value structure and uh, add, add one in. <laughs> hey, well, Dave, thanks so much for uh, spending some time and sharing your story today. All right. Thank you, Spencer. I'm going to get your advice on the, on this name change after we get off here. All right, let's do it. Thanks for tuning in to Remodeler Stories. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every month we pick a winner and send out a free copy of my book, The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. Just leave a review over on iTunes to enter to win. See you next time.